Hey guys, we are so excited for our episode today because we had the opportunity to talk to Jason Wishnov. And for those of you who don't know, this is the English dub actor for Byakuya Tagami, which is crazy exciting. So since this is a special episode, we just need to warn you that this episode will spoil the entirety of the Danganronpa series. I'm just going to reiterate that. This episode will spoil the entire Danganronpa series. So if you have not played through the games, do not move forward. But then you can come back later and have a special, exciting episode. But yeah, thanks for listening and enjoy. I'm Maddie. I'm Marin. I'm Caroline. I'm Byakuya Togami. And these peasants are the Ultra Hope Girls. One. Two. Welcome to the Don and Rupa Podcast. You're on the threshold of an amazing episode. Showtime. Can I just... Wow, okay. <laughs> I'm really you gotta do the anime. That was amazing. The anime. Like, <laughs> the anime. There's like I... glint there. There's like a shine. Yeah, the, wow. the reflection of the glasses, of course. Yeah. That was perfect. That was Thank perfect. You. All right. <laughs> we can get started. I'm also Jason. Hi. I'm, you know, <laughs> Jason Wishnov, the voice actor, plays Fiyakir Togami, but, you know, whatever. We are so excited to have you here today, Jason. Um, I'm excited to be here. Yes. So we just have a couple like questions. We're just going to kind of have just a chill conversation with Jason. But yeah, let's get going. So our first question for you is, how did you get started in the voice acting field? Oh, that's a story. Um, A lot of what, you know, for anyone wanting to go into voice acting, the traditional like appropriate way you're supposed to do this is like, make a demo and, you know, make that polished and send it to people and go to networking events uh, if you live in an area where that's possible. Uh, In my case, it was 2007, and I was studying electrical engineering at the University of Florida, go Gators, Um, and I got an internship that at the time was deeply coveted by anyone who was studying electrical engineering, Intel, like, you know, microprocessor Intel, so I got it, I was super happy, I was like 2021 at the time, and that's in Northern California, I'd never even been to California before, I spent my whole life growing up in Florida, and I was miserable, oh my god, I hated it, Intel's horrible, Uh, don't work there, anyone listen? (laughs) think it's a good place to work it's not don't do it it's an endless sea of gray sadness and i was so i i was just desperate to just get out of there it was you know it was a three and a half month internship and these two people i like didn't know at all almost we had like introduced they were like hey we're gonna drive like seven hours south to long beach to go to anime expo and i was like i don't even care what that is i'm going i don't i just need to <laughs> get away from here so i jumped in the car of these two people i like didn't know drove to long beach i'd never been to an anime convention prior to that time either that was my first one it was 2007 um, had an amazing time. Anime Expo rules. I'm sad that this year, I've been going pretty much ever since, but 2020 was canceled, obviously. Um, and they had a competition there called AX Idol, which is like American Idol, but for voice acting. And I was like, well, I do fun voices sometimes. I'll do that. Uh, <laughs> so they ask you to do like a, a monologue from an anime or a game as part of the like audition round. Uh, at that time, I chose something from a game called Xenosaga Episode 2. Uh, a character named Albedo had a thing and I made it to the finals and it was very nerve-wracking the finals were like on stage in front of like a thousand or more people at Anime Expo uh, and you kind of get live directed by the you know by like ADR people there um, I didn't win I did not win that uh, I came in second or third or whatever and at that time I was like well it doesn't matter I'm not I'm gonna be an electrical engineer I'm never even gonna come to LA this is this is dumb 
Uh, fast forward two years, I realized I didn't want to be an electrical engineer anymore, really, and I moved to LA. And then I did it again in 2009. Uh, there was, they held AX Idol again. That time I chose a, um, a monologue from uh, Bioshock. It was like the Frank Fontaine reveal yeah. uh, from Bioshock after he was Atlas for a while. Uh, and then I made it to the finals again, and I didn't win again. But the winner that year was Sean Chiplock, who you might know. He, he does some voices here and there. At the time, he like lived in Michigan, and part of the prize was like getting to go into Bang Zoom Studios and do an audition and, and try out for parts and stuff. And he did. He like got all the prizes and stuff, but he still lived in Michigan. And so the director was like, hey, where do you live? And I'm like, five minutes from you in Burbank. And they were like, cool. Like, do you want to come in sometime? And I was like, yeah. And I thought they were just being nice, kind of, but they did. They called me in. And I did a general audition where they just kind of run you through, like, you know, how young can you go? How old can you go? Your accents, your types, blah, 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 for like 30 minutes. Uh, and then I started getting some parts and going in. And that was sort of the start of my voice acting career. And eventually there was some weird Japanese game called Danganronpa. And I didn't really know what it was, but I auditioned for it. And, I got it. and here we so, are. <laughs> here we are. Here we are today. That's that so is cool. awesome. Wow. Yeah. So. Um, what was your experience like being um, a part of Danganronpa, like the community? So yeah, it's, you know, it started off like I, let's see, what year, what, what year did DR1 come out? Like 2012 10? in the U, in the U, 20, 2010, was it earlier? 2010, I, I think. 2010. It's 2010. Yeah. Um, so I had previously been a fan, a lot of the games that I would now call my favorites in the visual novel sequences haven't really come out yet, but back then like Phoenix Wright was probably the biggest one for me. And so, you know, big Phoenix Wright fan, big uh, visual novel fan. And I hadn't heard of Danganronpa at that time, um, but I looked it up and it like had, it had this like pretty niche, like not, not, or like niche, but dedicated following. Um, and I was like, oh, that's, that's really cool. Like I'm super into like a murder mystery sort of VN type of situation. Um, and I didn't know that like Byakuya was like a fan favorite really at the time. Like I was like, yeah, he's just some like stuck up dude <laughs> and then i remember the director i was like hey how do you want me to sound do you want me to sound like british because like you know a lot of people think of uh you know like a stuck up rich character maybe as having some sort of transatlantic or british accent and he was like i don't mean this to sound insulting but like you kind of already sound like a dick so like just go with that <laughs> and i was like we're cool 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 <laughs> <laughs> oh, <funny. laughs> i'm like whatever it means it's an easier job for me i just basically yeah. say myself um so we ran with that and then like yeah like you know people draw like you know byakuya fan art some of it not safe for for work uh and it's a whole thing and then later of course recording another episode there's like a, just several straight up like sex scenes in that game um so, oh i don't know if you've played another episode there's like straight up i have i've actually so, the only one who's finished that game they're playing it right now <laughs> yeah but we're in the middle of it right now we're like halfway through yeah like and i didn't know that either because i you know i didn't know the script to another episode and like that was a whole thing because i went in and literally the the director then was like okay um go ahead and turn to page uh 60 uh we're gonna do the sex scene and i was like what <laughs> I was like, Excuse me? he's like oh yeah there's like this whole like crazy sex dream that uh you know, you have uh, where you call you call her like a you know a pig, and then you say oink oink and stuff. It's real weird. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to spoil anything. You know, Maddie knows what's going on, but yep. uh, <laughs> so yeah, that's it was it was a toko, right? I think it was a toko. Yeah, um, yeah, that was wild. So then I like called my mom later. I'm like, hey mom, I'm a real Hollywood actor now. <laughs> sex scene rated X. You can um, check that off <laughs> but it's cool it's cool being part of the community it's cool having such a like games that i want to play a lot of voice actors you know i've i've like i 
as a random example, like I did a voice in Dynasty Warriors 8. I don't really like Dynasty Warriors that much. I'm happy to have contributed a voice, but I don't want to play that game. Whatever. It's just like a Musou title. This, I was like, I love these types of games. And it turns out that, like Danganronpa is really good. And that kind of feeds back into like for the viewers, like I'm not like I'm a little bit in Danganronpa V3, but like I just wanted to play it because these games are good. Yeah, that's true. That's why we're here right now. Yeah, that's why we have this podcast. <laughs> and I'm a big VN fan in general. Like, we can talk about them later, but like, oh, yeah. Virtue's Last Reward, 999, Ghost Trick. I'm playing one right now called Your Turn to Die. I love these. Oh, I've also played Doki Doki Literature Club, by the way. <gasps> yes! yes! Wow! I'm a oh, Monica goodness. boy. I'm a Monica boy. But, uh, <laughs> you know, like, I, I do play these games, and they're very good. So, yeah. That's awesome. I think I had one thing to ask you mentioned a little bit about kind of just like going into the um like going into to the booth to record and having them be like all right sex scene and you didn't see that coming how much do you really like know about the plot and about what was going to happen when you were nothing. recording the lines Absolutely nothing really nothing and that's something it's not just dung and rumpa that's industry-wide and i really don't like it um mm. it's like one of the biggest skills that you learn as a voice actor is cold reading where you just have to go in and like immediately see the lines. And if you're lucky, you have a good director and or good, like it's literally an Excel spreadsheet that like shows you context. that will be like talking to this person, slightly annoyed, or like you can always ask the director like, Hey, what's going on in this scene? Uh, like what, you know, why am I doing this or what, you know, like larger context, then usually they'll give it to you if you ask. Um, but you pretty much have to cold read anything, and especially in a game like Rampa, where there's like so many reveals and twists and like the cases are really twisty and you don't know exactly who did it or what happened. Like yeah. you are going in and reading these lines with no idea about where any of it is going. And that's very challenging, especially early on. And this is something that maybe you guys notice, maybe you don't. I believe that my voice work in the first chapter or two of Rampa 1 is not very good. Because we went in, and I, I barely even knew what Dungarumba was at all at this point. And, like, we're trying to find, like, a tone, and we're trying to find, like, how is this going to work? And, like, it's not bad, but it's not, like, great. And then over time, you're like, okay, I, I see how the cases are working. I see what Byakuya wants and how he feels. Like, and then I get better. But due to the reality of, like, budget, like, sure, we could go back and re-record all of Chapter 1 or all of Chapter 2. But that's another however long you have to pay me, the audio engineers, the booth space, the director, like everything. So that costs a lot of money to do. And I don't think we did, which is why I think like my, I just like, I'm not super happy with the, the first chapter or two. And that's something I think the industry should change. I think the voice actors should have access to the script in advance. They should be able to ask questions. But of course, then you get into some tricky things where like, okay, well, if I ask the voice actor to in advance do some preparation well isn't that work shouldn't i be paying them for that time should i be paying them the same rate that i'm paying them in the booth which is usually sag after even though dungarumpa was not but whatever it is whatever that rate is like there, there, there are some questions there and it can become difficult and i sort of know why it's the way it is but i do think for games that really care about performance um i mean if we're going to the highest echelons we're talking about last of us we're talking about naughty dog games like those actors are brought in for table reads they're you know with with neil Druckmann, like that it becomes a much more involved process in those types of games. But of course, they've got the millions to burn, right? Danganronpa is a smaller game from Spike Chunsoft. They, especially for a localization, it's not even the original Japanese. They're probably not going to do that. So I get it. It's fine. But... <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. I was actually going to ask, um, 
when you were like first reading through the script and it was hard, like even in chapter one, um, where you didn't know what was going to happen later in the game, were you ever able um, to read with some of your co-voice actors um, to like play off of each other? Or was it really just a solo gig? Same thing. No, like multi-mic sessions are a little bit more common, I would say, than getting the script in advance. They do happen. Um, A lot of studios accommodate for that. But again, it's one of those things where um, it, it's, it's more difficult to schedule with actors. You generally are a little bit less efficient in terms of just cranking the lines out. But yeah, I'm alone in the booth. You know, and the director, the director if you're lucky, um, has the person you're talking, like if they recorded before you, that you can at least hear what they've done. They can play back that actor or actor. But that's totally luck, right? It's like who was available first in the schedule. They don't like plan it like, you know, in advance so in some cases you might get it in some cases there's nothing there at all and that also makes it difficult to act uh as well um this is also getting into another thing but like also i'm a game developer i I don't you know like i do that and i my last game was there came an echo um and we did multi-mic sessions um we had it was almost like I just wanted to be in the booth with Ashley Birch and Will Wheaton. But, you know, we had scenes where we would bring all the actors in. I think at one point we had seven actors all in there at one time, which is very difficult to do just, just in terms of scheduling and, and getting everything working. It was probably worth it. It was worth it from a performance standpoint. Was it worth it from a money standpoint? I don't know. <laughs> how, much, how much money do you have? I guess it's, it's always, you know, game development is always balancing things against your budget and also like if you have ten ten thousand dollars to spend do you spend it on a multi-mic session or do you spend it on like we could make that art better or we could make uh that we could we could add a new song in this part and give more variety to the audio you know soundscape so it, it that that's what producers are for and they're very valuable people in the games industry and shout out to producers I don't know if any are listening, but whatever. Shout out anyway. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's 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 can be a very challenging task. Gotcha. gotcha. Yeah. Um, when you were talking about like how you don't get the script beforehand, so I'm like I'm a stage performer, or that's where I've found sort of a home, and like that is why I don't. Anyway, that's it. That's <laughs> I, I, I know I, why. Right. <laughs> that is <Why>? absurd. <laughs> I don't know. It it does bother me. It's you know it's a different skill. Like you can get good at cold reading. But like, why get good at it? You could just do a better job. Anyway, yeah, I, I know. Yeah. I gave my script to my actors in advance. I don't. I couldn't make them read it without paying them. But like, they had it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Here we promote warm readings. Yes, only warm. <laughs> warm readings. Temperature readings, please. <laughs> yes. Um. So one of our next questions we had was, um, this is. I might kind of touch on some of the things you've already said, but as far as, you know, you talked about kind of what that recording process was like, but what was the audition process like? How did you get the role in the first place? You're not going to like this answer. Um, I didn't. I banged. Huh? Okay. I don't know. I don't know how most recording studios do this. I think if you're a big studio, if you're like, again, Naughty Dog as an example, you have you literally have a casting director. That's their job. The casting director has a known Rolodex of voice actors. They can go to a variety of agencies, CAA, WME, whatever, and like start collecting. And then they can obviously ask those actors for auditions, um, which are generally, you don't have to pay usually to get actors auditions, kind of the job. Um, and the whole deal. Bang Zoom Entertainment, which is primarily a voice recruiting studio, but they also provide some other services as well. 
they they were the ones who did the anime expo kind of competition by the way so i was kind of in their their rolodex i guess and like so a company will pay that will pay bang zoom and they can say bang zoom we want you to send out auditions and we want you to collect those and uh they have her name is mommy uh she is adorable uh she works for bang zoom and she's kind of their casting director but they have to pay her to to like do all that extra work to go out, send the emails out to all the, the actors to collect the auditions, to go through them, blah, blah, blah. That takes a lot of time and money. Or they can just be like, hey, Bang Zoom. Especially because like, if you're a Japanese company, right? Like, you don't know who's good, who's bad. You don't even speak English, probably. So they could just be like, mommy, you know your actors. You know who you think would be good for these parts. Just cast it. Just do it. Like, don't even, don't even go out for auditions. Um, and that saves a lot of money. And mommy's like pretty good at her job. Like, she's hurt us all. She knows that's all, you know, and she knows who she thinks she'll be good. So I literally got an email that was like, hey, we, we cast you as this part. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. <laughs> and, she, and she's like, cool, you, you got it. You, it's sweet. And I was like, all right, sure. Um, that's actually, it's not that common. It's like, for most of my other parts, I did audition, like and mm-hmm. most of the other things I've done. Um, but in this case, I guess Spike Chunsoft wanted to save a little cash. And obviously, a lot, I feel like a lot of my points are coming down to, to money. <laughs> um but it's true like it's you know they were just like do it and then they cast me and then you know and obviously they brought me back for any other further Byakuya parts and then um there this isn't a spoiler the reason they brought me back for monodom for v3 is because well i guess it's kind of a whatever there there is for one reason or another a couple of lines from Byakuya in v3 I'm not going to tell you why or what context. It could be a flashback. It could be a delusion. It could be anything. I'm not going to tell you. But whatever. There were like a couple <laughs> lines. And if they only had to bring me in, there are minimums. There are like two-hour minimums for actors. So even if I came in for one line, they would have had to pay me the two-hour minimum, which is inefficient. So they're like, we'll just, we'll give you a monodom part, which is good because they won't recognize your voice because you're going to be at like a robot and it's gonna, we're going to put a filter on it. So like no one will know it's you. Um, and that way they kind of get two for one because they get the part of monodom and they don't have to bring me in and pay me extra for like the one line or whatever that, that mm-hmm. Byakuya has in the game. Or I'm lying and Byakuya is a huge character and has tons of parts, but I'm doing it to throw you all off. I am excited to see how this game ends. I'm very mm-hmm. excited. It's wild. It's wild. <laughs> we got to play like after this Zoom meeting, guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we should. We should. Yeah. Um, so... Marin or Caroline, did you have anything? Nah, we're okay. Good, man. <laughs> because driving, it's driving. kind of a good transition point because our next question about um, is about the games and your kind of experience playing them. So you did mention that you played games one through three. Um, so what was your experience playing through the game and like hearing your own voice? It's very, out of one of the it's very disconcerting. I don't. Like, <laughs> um, like I'm not going to change it. Like I think. Did all of them contain Japanese VO or only the like two or V3 did? I don't remember, but I didn't pick it. I picked English for all of them because it's not only me too. Like I know a lot of the voice actors also. Like I know Erica Harlicker and I know, you know, a lot of these people. Um, So it's it's also a little bit weird to hear them because I'm like, oh, I just hear my friend, you know, as opposed to Chiaki or whatever. Um, But, you know, I just tried to sort of take myself out of that and just focus on the case and like not try and because st- also if you listen to yourself not only is it weird but like you sometimes you start nitpicking yourself you're like ah that yeah. line was dumb i should have oh, i should have done this instead like you know <laughs> and then you're just like waste you know you just get in your own head about it so i just tried to like ignore the fact that it was me and just play the game itself um but like i you know that luckily with Rumpa, that wasn't that hard because there is a lot to 
distract you, I guess, from that. There's like all this insane stuff happening. The the way you know presenting evidence, like you're loading bullets into a truth chamber and shooting lies. <laughs> it's it's you know it's pretty wild. All that stuff. Um, so luckily the game was able to like you know get me out of my own head in that sense. But like it's a great game, and I I don't know how you guys feel. I like two more than one. Um, and I think I might like V3 the best, but we can't talk about really? it. Really? Yeah. Interesting. No. Two, I, mean... I think, has the single best case in the series, which is the Nagito case. I think it's case five. Yeah, mm-hmm. that one is with lots, of, lots of twists and turns. Luck, I guess, with the, with the jugs. Uh, that is insane. That, yeah. that was, like, blowing my mind the whole time. Um, Nagito rules, by the way. If you were ever... if you Spoilers, I guess I'm pre-jumping. If you guys were going to ask me who my, my favorite character is, it's Nagito. Really? Wow. I love, I love Nagito. I think wow. he's an amazing character. I love that. <laughs> we were going to ask you that. So yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. That's awesome. I'm, wow. a, I'm, I'm a fan. Um, I also like Kyoko a lot. Um, Me too. She's one of my faves. Kyoko is a, a great character. And who am I? Th- uh, and Chiaki is another strong, strong candidate. Yes. It's real sad with <laughs> Chiaki near the end though. Oh, oh, that heart. stabbed me in my heart. <laughs> yeah. I know. Yeah. I think that like Marin and I are V one stands. Mm-hmm. Um, Still a great game, you know. I'm not. I, you know, oh yeah. No hate. No yeah. hate. I think yeah. for me, it's because of the characters in the first game. Like to me, game one had the best developed characters, but I can't disagree that the case in game two is by far the best. Yeah, hands down. Yeah, case yeah. five. I I love a good twist. You know, I that like that's something I very much look for, and that's one of the reasons why and. I'm not trying to, you know, DR is amazing. I'm not saying it's not, but we're talking my favorite visual novel of all time. It's got to be VLR, Virtue's Last Reward. Yes! A game, a game that, like, I remember I was, I think it was 2012 that game came out, or maybe 2013. I was, like, I was playing it in bed at, like, 1.30 a.m. or something, and, like, some stuff happened that I won't talk about here. Something with K, Marin, if you remember, with mm-hmm. the mask and K. Mm. That happened, and I just, like, lost my mind and started, like, verbal. I didn't even realize. I was like, what the bleep? I was, like, yelling. <laughs> Beep that. We have 13-year-old viewers. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but, like, I was yelling, and it was, like, 1.30 a.m., and my roommate, like, thought I was in trouble and, like, opened, didn't knock, like, rushed into my room and was like, are you okay? And I'm like, how? What? And I was like, like, I love complex like twisty type narrative stuff and vlr is like the best of the best when it comes to that stuff nine and nine is great too um but i'm yeah, trying to get them to play it no i need to play it and I, you I just wrote down it. vlr to play oh, it's on my list now do you know what the prisoner's dilemma is you will yes, do. That's so exciting. Talk yes. about the prisoner's dilemma in our episode three of this we podcast do. which goes up yeah. on monday if you're curious <laughs> <laughs> i'll have to see your thoughts um but yeah, so hi- highly recommended, highly recommended game. But I mean, you're playing through V3 right now, finish V3, you know, or another episode or whatever. But yeah, definitely check out VLR. And then that's the thing too, because you can play VLR by itself, but like you, you should probably play 999 first. You get more yeah. context on like 10 Miyoji and some other stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. So, and is still really good. I, some people like it more than VLR. I, I do not, but I still think it's great. All right, everybody, we're going to take a quick break, but we'll be back with Jason right after this. (laughs) 
Hey guys, before we take our break, I just wanted to come on here and let you know that we have actually been able to start a Patreon. Thanks to you all, our first month has been incredibly successful and we're so thankful to have you guys as listeners because we're just three friends who are really passionate about Danganronpa and we are so glad that we are actually able to create content for you guys. So if you are able to support us financially, we would so appreciate it. And our Patreon subscriptions come with some awesome perks. So we're going to talk to you about those right now. So the first option for donations is $2 a month, and that makes you a reserve course donor. And this will actually give you some early access to some of our episodes, as well as some Patreon-exclusive extras, including bloopers from our podcast, um, possibly some deleted scenes that we had to cut for time, silly videos that we've made, including reactions to us playing the games, and more. If you donate $5 per month, you are a first-year student donor. And in addition to all of the things that Maddie said, you will also get added to a patrons-only Discord server. Um, You will have double entries in any future giveaways that we do, and you will receive a free MP3 of our music. All right, so at $10 a month, you are the ultimate donor. That means you are a super high school level donor. And these donors, in addition to everything that has just been said, you also get to be part of Caroline's book club via Zoom. So that means book club with the IRL high school literary girl. And you also get to have live Discord chats with us and get to hang out. And it'll be super fun. Maybe we could play some of the games together. Maybe have fun like Jackbox game nights. It'll be really fun. So the money that you would be donating would help us be able to create more content for you guys. We'll be able to go to conventions and meet you guys, create merch, and maybe have more special guests on our podcast. So thank you very much in advance. And we're so glad to have you guys as listeners. And we can't wait to have you as supporters as well. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, welcome back from our break. This is just Caroline from the future coming in to tell you that later in this episode, we talked to Jason about having composed a Biakia jingle. And it was not ready this day that we recorded with Jason, but it is now complete. And so before we have our Q&A session with Biakia Tagami, it would only be appropriate to share our Biakia jingle with all of you today. So here it is. I hope you enjoy. All right, guys, we are back. And actually, we're interrupting our um, interview with Jason because Biakia just decided to show up in our interview. Um, So, hey, hey, Biakia, how's it going today? I suppose I'm fine, but I don't like having my time wasted. Well, we will get right to the questions then. Thank you. All right. Um, so our first question is actually, um, we're just curious what you've been doing to keep in touch with uh, Toko since your time at Hope's Peak. Well, I prefer to keep my affairs private if you don't mind, but as part of my work with the Future Foundation, 
I have been keeping tabs on that woman. I suppose she does have a certain sort of appeal, I'll admit. But still, it's really none of your business, is it? Well, <laughs> all right. Um, our second question for you is, Byakuya, what is the hardest part of running the Togami Empire? <sighs> Incompetence. You try so hard to find people with even the barest modicum of intelligence, and honestly, so few have it. Having to do everything yourself is deeply troublesome, but when you're the head of the Togami family, you really have no choice, do you? Amen. It's very true. That's yes. very true. Mm. And um, our last question for you is, we actually learned recently from the internet that your birthday was this month, May 5th. Um, how do you like to celebrate your birthday? First of all, I'm displeased that the internet has any personal information on me whatsoever. I'll do my best to have my men take that down. But since you know it was May 5th, I did have a bit of a celebration of sorts. Uh, a few million here and there, just a paltry celebration in total. But um, some movers and shakers were there. We did have some recent quarantine issues, of course. But with some stringent protocol, we were able to have a sufficient gathering. Brilliant. Well, thank you, my friend, for being here and letting us interview you. It was a bit of a problem, but I suppose it could have been worse. <laughs> thank you. That was so... Sorry, we're, we're just what happened? I. What's going on? I, I, had, was... I had to mute myself at one point because I was laughing. So. <laughs> I'm back. Well, what, what that was I amazing, though. Oh, hey, thank Jason. goodness we have Jason back. Hi. Jason's back. I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to rock and roll. We got some more, some more good ones for you. More Jason questions. Some more Jason oh, yeah. questions. Um, so we were curious, um, what traits do you feel you share with Byakuya, if any? I did tell you that the guy was like, well, you sound like an <laughs> asshole. Um, oh, you know, I don't want to get, I don't want to get like political and I won't, but like I, for some reason, do have some disdain for people who maybe don't make the best decisions with regard to voting you know um i live in california i live in los angeles so draw your own conclusions um yeah <laughs> i i do tend to share a somewhat cynical view of of the populace of the general populace and of course you are not you are not part of that you are not included but you know i i would say that sometimes i do feel very frustrated with with people um and and maybe that's maybe that's most most of the Togami thing. I'd love to say that the thing I have most in common is that we're both super rich. Um, that is that is untrue. I am not that um, ah. yet 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 we'll, yet we'll get there. Yeah. Um, we both were we both have bad eyesight. Hmm. Uh, like I said, I don't really wear contact lenses, but um, yeah, I don't know. I think that's probably it. Uh, and I yeah, and I don't like dealing with like like I want I want people who, if I'm working with them, to, like, know what they're doing and really feel like they can handle things on their own. Yeah. yeah. I, Very I, fair. I yeah. <laughs> and I like solving puzzles. And I like solving puzzles, yeah. too. Big, big puzzle solver. Over yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Clearly, if you like Virtue's Last Reward. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I go, like, if we're talking puzzle games, I mean, I can go into a list here. Uh, the Witness, Stephen Sausage Roll, uh, English Country Tune, Baba Is You last year, Game of the Year. Game of the Year. Uh, Outer Wild, second place. Um... Yeah, I love puzzle games. Awesome. Oh, yeah. 
Wow, um, we're gonna have to write all these down and then just play through I them. Play I literally a lot of am games, writing y'all. them down right now. Yeah. I played. Um, you said the witness. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've actually played that one. Yeah, it's a but... Jonathan Blow game. He did Braid too, which I also really like. Um, the witness is really, really nice. It's like a very relaxing type mm-hmm. of puzzle game. There yeah. you go. Just out of curiosity, have you played um, the Nancy Drew video games? <laughs> I have not played the Nancy Drew video games. I did read the Boxcar Children as a kid. I okay. didn't much read Nancy Drew. Um, is it good? <laughs> I mean, it's definitely an independent gamer, game maker. Like, the animation isn't awesome and it's a little old, but I mean, I love them. Good Maddie game, loves game. them too. <laughs> I grew up game. with them. They're just like so special to me. I think if you're looking for some good twists, I could recommend them if you're interested. <laughs> Definitely. Always love twists. Oh yeah. Big twist fan. Me too. All right. So we already know your your faves, who you love. If you want to talk more about characters you you enjoy, feel free to do that. Um, if you have anything more to say about that. Um, I mean that's what makes the Danganronpa games, right? It's like the the crazy cast of characters. Amen. Yep. And I I could talk about some V three folks, but I won't. Um. I want to. Uh, yeah, I mean, was, I'm, I'm kind of like looking through a list because it's hard to remember everyone straight away. Um, I remember talking a lot with Lucian Dodge about his uh, otaku character from DR1. I forget his name. Which Who's the otaku kid? I think Lucian played um, Hifumi. Yeah, Hifumi. Oh my God. Um, he and I have, have had some fun exchanges just <laughs> like talking about our experiences and what he was like playing that character. Um <laughs> Lucian and Erica Mendez are super cute. They're an adorable couple. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, I really love all these characters. I love Ibuki. Um, oh, yeah. Ibuki. Good old, good old Kazuichi. Not the smartest uh, tool in the shed, but, you know, <laughs> he, tra- he tries. He tries, damn it. But, yeah, I mean, like, oh, man, Chiaki, that scene, you know what I'm talking about. I don't want to spoil anything. It was you real too. sad. It was real sad. That one got, that was the most like emotional I think the game got me. Was, Same. Was that, was that sequence with Chiaki when you find out. And then, she, you, oh, you know, you know. You know. <laughs> we do. Um, that was the first time that the game made me cry. Yes, yeah. it, got, yeah. it got me. I was, yeah. I was got. <laughs> you got got. <laughs> I got got. Yeah. Um, I had a question. Um, so you said before that, and this might venture into spoiler territory. If we feel the need to edit this out later, we can, or we can just give a spoiler warning. But, mm-hmm. um, as far as like, because we've all played, uh, the three of us, and I guess the four of us have all played Danganronpa 2, the second game, so we four can talk about spoilers openly, but you said that Nagito is one of your favorites, and Nagito, like, to my understanding, is actually kind of a controversial character in the fandom, and so- I'm a I'd controversial be... man. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd love to hear, like, more of your thoughts on him, and what, what, like, why you like him. So Nagito is like, okay, so any bad guy in any, or any antagonist, rather, in any game, um, to me, needs to feel like there's a good reason behind what they're doing beyond, like, I'm bad, and I want you to die, or I want money, or I, you know, like, just, like, very, like, deeply selfish motives. Because I think that there are some people in real life, maybe, that kind of are just like, everybody, I hate them, I'm just in it for me, and I want money. But I think that most like nuanced people believe themselves to be the good guys, like any good villain, like feels justified in what they're doing. And Nagito is like semi insane, especially in the beginning of the game. You're like, because like, because they introduce him as this character that's like all about hope and like you don't see anything weird about that. 
but then at the end of case one, the kind of like the, the other shoe drops and you're like, okay, whoa, this, this person's idea of hope is deeply twisted. And then you see Nagito go through this transformation where he, before anyone else, learns the truth of what's happening in DR2 with like the personality modifications. And like he sort of changes because he has that information before because he got into like the escape room in the escape room kind of deal. I, I forget exactly how that worked with the two towers. I don't know. It was wild. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like you're trying to figure out what changed with him and then his actions to try and prove. I don't know. They just he feels he feels insane, but an insane to me that feels grounded, like based on the reality of his situation, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I just like, I don't know, I like the way he speaks. I love his hair. His jacket is cool. He's just cool. Yeah. And his case is so good. With his, the, that whole case, I think it was case five. It was either five or yeah, six. Yeah, it was case five. So good. I love it case is. five. He's just, he's great. And I can see maybe why he's controversial, right? I can see yeah. why. No, but I mean, that's, that's great because those are kind of my similar feelings. Like, I think as kind of an antagonist who, like, sees himself as the protagonist, right. like, I like him. A lot, but a lot of people, actually, a lot of my other friends who play Danganronpa really don't like him, and so it's just interesting. They're allowed to be wrong. It's fine. (laughs) They're allowed to be. It's cool. I wonder what it's like being so wrong. Yeah, I don't know personally, (laughs) but it must be like crazy to be that wrong. It's unbelievable. Another thing we do a lot on here is we, Marin and Maddie and I love to talk about like which characters we feel feel that we are we are (sighs) most similar to, Um, and so we're curious who you were most similar to or a combination of. I mean, like I, you know, earlier elaborated, I do feel some kinship with Byakuya. Like, like I do feel like I definitely have, you know, Hmm. Let me pull up. I've been looking at a list of Danganronpa 2 characters. We've been talking about that. I definitely don't relate to either like protagonists, like Makoto and, and um, what's his face? Yeah. Like, uh, (laughs) um, Kyoko's very like uh, measured, very logical, and I do feel like I have part of that, but I also am not like the kind of colder introvert, you know, non-sociable person that she is. So it's a tough question. There's a huge cast of characters here. Uh, let oh man, oh man. Feel oh. free to think about it. No, yeah, 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 no freaking out here. Uh, <laughs> Okay. While you're thinking, we can also tell you who we are. Yes, tell curious. me tell me who you are. Okay. Yeah, so I think the closest one for me is Nekomaru from Game 2. Um, yeah, probably him. I got Taka in the first game on the personality quiz, but I think that that's less close. <laughs> so, so you're a Hufflepuff? Is that what that means? I feel like... <laughs> I'm actually a Slytherin. <laughs> oh, man. But lawful good, definitely. Yeah. Oh, Marin. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. Am I next? Yeah. Sure. Oh, um, I actually do relate a lot to Kyoko, personally. She's one of my favorite characters, and she's one that I relate to a lot, which, I don't know, maybe is that narcissistic to have, like, my favorite character also be the one that I relate to the most? I don't, I don't no. necessarily think so, but that no, is... No, people are drawn to characters that they see themselves in. That's not... That's true. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have always, um, oh my god, I've <laughs> always felt like I'm very similar to Toko, actually. Um, her inner monologue is what is always happening in my head, and I have learned to put on not So I should that. stay away from you, is what you're yes. saying. Yes, <laughs> um, I'm insane. No, I'm just kidding. Um, 
Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm a writer too. And I, we share a similar taste in literature. I literally just had a conversation with Marin like a week ago about how I was like, oh God, young adult romance fiction is awful because it's like so shallow and not deep. Like that's a general. I mean, that's sort of the point though, right? I mean, if you yeah. want. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, but okay. I'm going to say, all right, I know this is cheating, but uh, three, three-way combination. All right. Okay. Yakuya, of course. Kyoko, just because, like, I, you know, I, when it comes to, like, analyzing a problem and, like, talking it through, like, I think I, I would relate to her the most. And I'm going to say Ibuki Miyota, because, you know what, she's direct. She's just, like, right out there. She loves singing, which I very much do. I'm a big karaoke fan. Yes. Um, oh. and, she's, and she's just cool. She's just a cool character. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw Ibuki in there. I love that. That's awesome. <laughs> we need yeah. to do karaoke. I was gonna that, say we sing too. Actually, that's our our background. Is we were the theater kids and the chorus kids in mm-hmm. high school. <laughs> I sing a lot. <laughs> I mean, I'm bummed that I can't go to karaoke with my friends in the last like two, three months or whatever. But it's a very frequent activity for me in Los Angeles. As soon as quarantine's <laughs> over, we're on a plane to LA yeah. for some karaoke. We'll all go to Max Karaoke. It's in Little Tokyo. It's the place we all go. Yes. Perfect. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I mean, I think this is a good time to mention that um, Marin and I are actually collaborating right now on writing a Byakuya jingle. So, like, every oh time my. he comes up in an episode, we just have, like, a little 20-second jingle. Oh, man. <laughs> That'd be great. I, the, the only thing that makes me sad is that I don't get to hear it today, but... We'll send it to you when it's done. Yeah. Send it to we'll me when it's done. Forward it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I want to hear that. All right. Um, so... Just, you know, because like I, I am actually, I am a performer and I was just curious what tips you had for um, people who want to get into voice acting as a possible route for career. Sure. Um, so I, I briefly mentioned that like the traditional way to do it is like you have to have a really good demo reel, keep it like under a minute if you can. I know you want to put in all the cool voices you can do, but you, you just, casting directors just like don't want, they, they're just not going to, they're just not going to listen anything longer than a minute really. Um go less on the accents and gimmick voices than you think you should like uh, those get you work occasionally but most of the time it's your it's closer to your natural speaking voice um it's actually a little bit different now than it was 10 years ago i i did like a lot of stuff in a british accent and a like a i did like a german accent one time um and the most racist thing i ever did was probably do a chinese accent because they asked me to i shouldn't have done it i did i needed money um not obviously ever going to recreate that but like these days, if they want a British person, they're going to cast a British person. If they want a German person, they're going to cast a German person. So it's best to just like throw down like, these are my acting chops. You can do age ranges. That's important. Like, obviously, they're not going to cast a six-year-old if they want a six-year-old. They're not, probably not going to cast an 11-year-old if they want an 11-year-old. Um, there are some old people working, older folks, but you can do that too. Um, and just keep it like, get some good scenes. I know we all probably love anime here, but in general, localized anime doesn't tend to be super well written. So I would if you have to put one anime in there, maybe only one, the rest can come from games or even more contemporary stuff like films and movies and Western side of things. Um, just because they, they just tend to be better written and demonstrate your acting ability more. The biggest thing though, and I don't, you guys are located. Tell me where you're located again. We're all, all in over. different places. <laughs> you're, all yeah. different, you're all over. Okay. I'm in Philly. Oh, That's I was born though. in Philadelphia. What up? Go Eagles. Yeah. Woo! I am in Pittsburgh. So, yeah. so right, Pennsylvania. <laughs> I'm um, in Virginia. Go Washington racist name team. Um, point is, 
it's true. Don't that's a yeah. I have a problem with that football team. Anyway, um, you kind of need to be in one of the few areas to really like do voice acting. L.A. obviously is the number one option, especially if you want to get into character work. New York has a huge scene. It's a little bit more commercial in New York, but it also has a very large scene. You can and you know like some companies record it. I think Rockstar does, and a few others. Chicago, surprisingly, or maybe not surprisingly, uh, has some stuff too. And a little bit Austin. You can kind of go to Austin. Uh, Funimation is there and some other studios as well. But if you're not in one of those four locations, I got to be honest with you, it is going to be hard to advance any like significant distance. Obviously, of course, you can record from anywhere, but you got to go into these studios. You got to meet the directors. You got to talk to people. You got to network. You got to take classes. You, it, it's just better to be here or one of those cities and obviously people have predilections about what cities they like best i'm biased i live in los angeles you can probably tell which city i like best um <laughs> but they're all that you can you can do voiceover work in all of them but you kind of you kind of do have to sort of be in one of them it's it it's hard it's really hard if you're not that's that's all i have to say there other than that you know the old adage it's who you know not what you know uh definitely true you don't take classes for, i mean sure they can help you get better but you you mainly take classes because you meet the directors you take classes because they know your name you know um so that's really important there or, or casting director casting director workshops which is like them kind of acknowledging that it's not really a class i kind of like i almost like that they call it that because they're like yeah we know we know what you're here for <laughs> um yeah i don't know what else go back in time and get in that contest that i did unfortunately i don't run it anymore <laughs> <laughs> oh well, <laughs> they do. I I still feel like Bang Zoom does something at Anime Expo every year, but it's not like that anymore. It's I think you can like go to their booth and do something. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I I mean, I my story is unconventional. Like I don't, I, I got lucky. You know, I got lucky in a sense that I was able to do all that, and that those two random people just decided to go to Anime Expo and ask me if I wanted to go <laughs> that one time, and I was like, yes. I hate. I hate it here. Please take me. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, that's my that's my general advice. If you have any more specific questions, I'm happy to answer them. Not really. I mean, I know enough about the business in general. I feel like yeah, if you're in you stage know. and you're yeah. in theater, you, you understand <laughs> a lot. And 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 that's something I would say to some of your viewers too is that the voice acting is not about the voice; it's about the acting. And obviously, you guys are stage trained, and I'm sure you have plenty of experience. But like, don't expect to go into voice acting because you can do a funny voice without having that sort of like proper training in acting. And it doesn't necessarily have to be theater, but of course theater is an amazing place to learn, but you know, take some class, take improv. Improv is very good. It also helps with the cold reading aspect of it. Uh, I'm a big fan of improv. I think it just makes people more confident and better at life. Like in general, even if you're not planning to be an actor, I still think you should take improv because improv is great. Um, but yeah, like def like come into it, understanding that like you're going up against, you know, the Matt Mercer's, Nolan North's, and Laura Bailey's of the world, um, and you got to bring your A game, you know, there's no reason for them, there's, there's a, there's, I'm not gonna, like, voice acting does tend to be a smaller world, but there are some great people in it, and, you know, you, you do have to have some minimum level of, like, I can do this, you know. Cool, that's great advice, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank <Wow>. you. <laughs> that's cool. All right, um, our last question, unless we come up with another one, <laughs> is um what are you currently working on like what projects are you doing anything like that I'm working on myself right now <laughs> no um so this is the part i'm so i mentioned like i'm i'm primarily a game developer um and that that was by choice and i there was a time in 2014 when i was making my last i was making one of my previous games there came an echo 
where like I was getting like a lot of auditions, but I was absolute, I just, I couldn't do them. Auditions, you know, you do 15 auditions to get one part if you're good and they take a lot of time. They're draining and you do them every day and most of them don't result in anything. At the same time, I'm like leading my team and programming all day and trying to get this game out for a deadline. And I sort of had to like make a decision at that point. Like I can't really do both of these. I kind of have to pick one and make no mistake. If, if you make voice acting your career, even though, yeah, you, you only work on certain days and usually max out at four hours and blah, blah, blah. Like it is a full-time job. You cannot like partially, like I did for a while. I was like partially in it and I was getting roles, but if I really wanted to make that my career, like my sole source of income and that was my thing, I would have to just go full time and devote myself entirely to it. But I love making games. So I sort of made the decision then to kind of pull back a little bit. It's not that I don't voice act anymore at all, but it's rarer for sure. And I cut called back for anything like monodom or whatever, like recurring roles. And I occasionally, you know, have, I have a lot of like friends in the game industry that like need voices and I invert like, and I invariably do stuff for them. I recently helped it out on a game called Watam with like the ending lyrics. And I worked with uh, Keita Takahashi and those guys. Um, but right now I'm working on a game that ah, I really wish I could talk to you guys about because something tells me you would really enjoy it. Um, but I am very, I'm under very strict orders that I cannot. I signed a deal with a publisher early this year and we've started production um, and we're all working from home. We're all just on Discord all day or whatever. Um, on a game, I will tell you it is an RPG. Uh, that's pretty much all I can say. I do think you guys would very much enjoy it. Um, but that's kind of like what my full efforts are focused on. And I probably will be playing a character in, in this game because obviously I'm narcissistic and why would I not? Um, <laughs> it also saves money. I don't have to pay another actor. Um, but I, I, uh, I, just can't, I just can't talk about it because I'm under strict orders from the publisher that I can't. Um, but it's going to be real cool and it's going to come out in a couple of years. So it's like 2022. So we're still early. We like basically just sort of started a couple months ago. Um, and that's, I'm, I'm designing, I'm programming, um, I'm writing for it. I've written the script. It's like 180 pages, a long script. A lot of, a lot of words in this game. Um, it's going to be fully voice acted. So we're going to get, you know, hopefully some of those people that you're familiar with, maybe from Danganronpa. Uh, I remember just as a quick side note, I remember playing Virtue's Last Reward and... It was, this was, I played it coincidentally right before I cast for my last game, There Came an Echo. And I loved the voice actors so much that I ended up casting like three of them in the game. <laughs> uh, well, it ended up being two because I actually cast Karen Strassman, but then she had a television role at the time that she, it was a huge conflict and she had to drop out. I think it was actually Silicon Valley. She appears in, in an episode of Silicon Valley, like near the wow. end of season two, hmm. um, as like a lawyer or something. So she had to drop out, but I did cast um, Laura Bailey, who was Luna, and I did cast uh, Rachel Robinson, who was Zero the Third. Uh, and so I was like, because I loved VLR so much that I was like, I'm, I'm casting you people. I'm, that I'm is here. so good. I know Laura Bailey, well, know her, not like personally, but I know of her like, <laughs> voices and stuff from, um, from the Naughty Dog games. Yeah, so, so yeah. she's uh, is it Nadine in yeah in, Nadine uh, Uncharted Three and yeah. is she on, on is she on Critical Role too? I forget. I think she is. I'm not sure. I'm not familiar with that one. Yeah, Critical Role is the D and D show that they all do. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, gotcha. Yes. That's cool. Yeah. It's the popular. Um, Laura Bailey is a perfect human, and I'm mad that she exists. Her and her <laughs> her perf every her husband is perfect. She's perfect. They're just perfect. 
it annoys me that perfect people exist and it's them and i'm just like damn it making all the rest of us look bad <laughs> man <laughs> yeah laura's well, awesome though we will keep an eye out for your game and Absolutely. audience listeners we encourage you to follow jason on twitter like keep yourself updated and look for this game um to come out and yeah we'll announce it in like a year i don't know we don't know yet sometime in the future and then the game will come out sometime in 2022 so that's we're a you long can, way away so yeah you can so count on start. us we will be we will be checking it out yeah for sure <laughs> yeah something tells me y'all are gonna like it i i can't say why i think that but i am pretty sure there's the a process reason of elimination <laughs> Dangarumpa. Um, anyway. <laughs> uh, you're actually wrong. It is not because of Dangarumpa. It's another reason. But I can't tell you what it is. <laughs> wow, I am in suspense. I'm going to start refreshing his Twitter page like over <laughs> and over. For a year. You won't say anything, for, won't say anything a for a year. You're not going to see you're not But gonna I see will it. be the first to know. <laughs> That's true. You just refresh it um, I'm yeah. so excited to find out what this is. Yeah. And what your reasons for saying that are. I'm so curious. You'll know as soon as it's announced. You'll be like, oh, that's what he meant. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, that wraps up all the questions we have for you. Um, So we are going to move. Not all of them. There's. Oh, (laughs) one one more. So we're going to move into wed, bed, behead. Mm -hmm. um, And we're going to invite Byakuya back um, to to the podcast. (laughs) So bye, Jason. (laughs) Um, Thank you, Jason. Thanks for coming. Uh, Yeah, super great. So for bed, wed, behead for today, we have three people um, and we are going to be deciding between Toko, Kyoko, and Makoto. All right. So um, for me personally, I would bed, no, I would wed Kyoko. I think that of the three, she would be a really good partner um she's very consistent and i would never doubt that she was always like you know looking for the best possible outcome in our relationship mm-hmm. i think that i would probably bed makoto um i not for any particular reason other than i don't really want to bed toko um just because she's like what? a little she, <laughs> she doesn't so shower cold. I know, she doesn't shower, but also she's just, like, really neurotic, and I think the entire time she'd be looking for, like, words of encouragement, and that could get exhausting. So, behead Toko, wed Kyoko, and bed Makoto. Wow, man, that was... I know, I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) All right, um, I'll go next. Sure, we can save Byakuya for last. That's good. Byakuya, are you good with that? I suppose. All right. So, I, oh man, (laughs) I would definitely kill Makoto, not a fan, he's a boring character, period. Um, uh, I don't know, if I married Toko, it would just be constant anxiety, and then I would just be like freaking out all the time. Um, I think I would, mm, (laughs) I think I would marry Kyoko bed Toko. Maybe it's Genocide Jack. <laughs> That's my opinion. <laughs> um, if, this is a tough one for me, but I think I have come to my decision. I think I would, I would wed Kyoko. I really, really love her. She's one of my faves. 
Um, and I think I would actually bed Toko, behead Makoto. Because here's the thing. I don't particularly want to bed Toko, but I really, really don't want to behead her either. I really don't want to kill her. I mean, like, I just, I do love her <laughs> a lot. And I just can't, I can bring myself to do that. So, sorry, Makoto. Wow. <laughs> Are you sure I can't behead all three? That is um, not allowed. Not in the rules <laughs> of the shame. game. Yeah. Well, Caroline, what you said is correct. Makoto is an absolute bore. Thank you. Alexa, stop. <laughs> my apologies. That was, that was my servant, Alexa. I have several yes. servants, obviously. Yes. Of course. Yes. Her name is, just happens to be Alexa. Normally, I just call her slave. Uh, Makoto's gone. Absolutely. I, he is technically a member of the Future Foundation, but frankly, I think we'd be better off without him. Uh, as far as Tokyo and Kyoko go, this is a challenge. I've had some experiences with Toko, Genocide Jack. They've been interesting. And really, what is wedding but getting to bed for a lifetime? You're right. Amen. <laughs> so I'm going to say I would bed Kyoko just to see what's happening there. But I would wed Toko. All right. Wow. That is the most exciting news I've heard all day. <laughs> <laughs> it is finalized. It is, it is done. All right. Well, we're just going to say thank you, Jason. Again, thank you so much for being on our podcast today. It was such a pleasure to have you. Yeah. Pleasure to be here. Absolutely. Thank Woo. you so much. Oh, you're welcome. I had a good time. Yeah. Uh, hit me up with that Byakuya jingle. I want to hear that. Oh, yeah. And also <laughs> hit me up when you play V3. And or yes. VLR. Those are important things for you to play. And, you know, it's quarantine time. Let's, let's go. Let's it's go. Time. It's V3 time. It's time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, again, thank you for coming. And to our listeners, we hope that you enjoyed this episode. Um, if you'd like, you can check us out on Facebook, on Twitter, on Amino. We have accounts everywhere. Um, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear your questions, your thoughts, how you enjoyed this episode with Jason. And uh, we can't wait to hear from you. Thanks for, for tuning in. Yeah. Bye, everyone.